It's time for the Car Doctor on AM 950 WROL. Got a car question? Call us at 617-770-3030. That's 617-770-3030. Now, here's the car doctor, John Paul, on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. And good Saturday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor Program on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston. My name is John Paul, the Car Doctor, here to help you with your car problems. And if you're going, hey, he sounds funny. Where is he? Where is he today? I bet he stayed home because of the snow. Well, that isn't it at all. Actually, what happened was uh, we are at the City of Boston Credit Union. We're in Canton. And if you're in and around the 138 area, take a swing on by. You'll see the uh, Salem Radio Boston truck out front, and uh, we're here, and um, Carol will probably be here shortly, and who knows, maybe maybe even Pat will stop in, but Jerry's here today, and uh, but it's uh, kind of the program as usual, so if you'd like to join us, give us a call at 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030, we'll talk to you about your car, your car problems, and a little bit later, maybe around 9 o'clock or so, we'll talk to the folks from the credit union and see what's going on here. The I haven't been down this way in a while, but this branch looks brand new, so it our they have the nicest housekeeping in the world here, one or the other. So, uh, But we'll talk to them about what's going on here and maybe some of the things they have uh, to offer at the uh, City of Boston Credit Union. So that would be great. And uh, all of a sudden I hear, I heard Irish music playing in the background. I don't know what Jerry's doing over there. Well, if you made it through the snow yesterday, you know, it was it was a little bit of snow. It was uh, pretty nasty out, and it got uh, cold, and it got freezing overnight I, when i got out this morning to uh start the car a little bit and i warmed it up not because the car needed it but because i did it was about 14 degrees when i left the house and uh everything was a little crunchy and crispy so you want to uh you know you want to be a little bit careful roads in some places are pretty slick as i was coming over from my house over here uh through even some of the main roads route 27 route 138 some some of the roads were pretty icy in places so you want to watch out for that and be careful. Our phone number is 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. Let's test out the phones this morning with Tom. Good morning, Tom. Hi, John. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Very good. You know, I noticed that my headlands were getting very yellow. It's something I neglected to do. So mm-hmm. I went out and bought that, some of the materials that you mentioned before. Yep. So I did them, and they came out really nice. But anyway, so when I said, let me pull the bulbs out. And I noticed they were originally were dated 1997. Mm-hmm. Now, a couple of years ago, you were talking about bulbs to upgrade, and mm-hmm. what so I could get better light because I noticed at night it's very dim. And uh, these are Sylvania. Now, you were talking about upgraded bulbs, but not the bulbs that would give you that blinding white light. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And, There's a couple. What? There are a couple ones you can look at. One is um, Sylvania Silver Star Plus. Silver Star Plus. Okay. Yeah. And those work really well without being blinding. The other one is by GE. I think they're called Nighthawks. I've had pretty good luck with both of them. The okay. only problem is that some of these bulbs have, um, well, all of them, because they're a brighter bulb, they tend to burn hotter, which also shortens their life. So I've heard, had people tell me, I only get a year out of the bulbs. 
where mm. yours have been in there for, you know, yeah. 10 years. Um, so you have to be a little, you know, you have to decide you want to trade off a little bit. So it was in such a way that Sylvania was actually sued at one point because of how long yeah. the bulbs didn't last. Right. And and some people actually, you know, they you could it was a pretty easy lawsuit to file anything. You just went on their website and said, "I bought bulbs once." And they would actually send you a check for like 20 bucks or something. Um, that's my only that's my only concern because I had uh, I've used them and I use them in my in my little Hyundai Santa Fe all the time, but I also I hate driving around when I have a bulb out. So what I'll do sometimes is I'll um I'll keep the old bulbs. I'll keep uh, the old bulbs in the package, and I'll throw them in the glove compartment just in case one of the new bulbs burns out. So at least I'm driving around with two headlights on the car. So right, and yeah, it, back, you know, yeah. and you hate and you hate to think of it that way. That hey, you know, these bulbs are good. In mm. fact, there was even there was even at one point one of the headlight bulb manufacturers. They said you know they provide 35 percent more light, but they compared them to a brand-new bulb versus one that had been in the car for a few years. And as bulbs just get older, they get a little bit dimmer. But I remember when I put the first set of Sylvania bulbs in my car, the um, I was going to get an inspection sticker, and the guy just happened to, he said, yep, turn your lights on, and I did. And he's like, wow, those are pretty bright. And I said, yeah, they're, you know, the, the mm-hmm. new Sylvania Silver Star Plus ones. And he was, and he just looked at it and said, "Wow, those are those are pretty nice bulbs." And he said, "And they don't have that bluish tinge. They don't have any right. of that. They're just a nice, clear white light." Um, so, you know, certainly worth taking a look at. Although I'll let you know, I just talked to somebody the other day who said they were lucky to get six months out of them, wow. and they and they wrote to Sylvania, and Sylvania came up with a bunch of weird answers that. Only engineers would understand, but it had something to do with, you know, the bulbs are designed to run it, you know, 12.7 to 14 point something volts. And if your okay. charging system isn't working quite right and it's, and it's uh, oh, you know, sure. 15.1, maybe it's running them a little too hot and that's going to shorten the life. But I like the idea of trying to put as, you know, as, um, you know, 60 going on 61, you know, right. I want to I put a little bit more light on the road so I can see better. Right. Well, that's what happened. Yeah. To yeah. me, I don't drive this car at night. It's an old, you know, it's a 98. I don't, yeah. I don't drive it at night. And I got stuck somewhere, and I had to drive and it, to a small town like in Canton, somewhere in yeah. at night. And, boy, it was just, it was terrible. I mean, it was just so dim. And yeah. That's why the next morning, I'm getting that kit clean the lens. And yeah. then I and, thought about it. Said, Let me change the bulbs, too. But now that's a good point you made, to, uh, you know, about them burning out. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, you may find that even replacing them with just brand-new bulbs will make all the difference in the world. Yeah, that's yeah. something. You know what? That's something I'm going to have to. Uh, yeah, I'll, and I'll and you could, out. you know, you'll do that a lot cheaper than you know the high performance bulbs. Kind of have a high performance price. The one thing I wouldn't do though is don't try to buy, um, you know, as as much as sometimes I like places like Harbor Freight for no. certain things. They yeah, actually have they actually have a, a high performance bulb, and yeah. the problem is. It's exactly what you think. It's not. It's an inexpensive bulb that just isn't very good. In fact, I knew a guy who was buying these high-performance bulbs from a, a company in China, and he was buying like ten thousand at a time. He had a little business trying to sell them, and you know, it all sound it all sounded good. But he said, he said, oh yeah, you know, I realize they're they're junky, and you know, they're only going to last a little while. But he says, I'm not charging a lot of money for them. And he was selling them in the back of, uh, you know, he took out an ad in Road and Track or something. He had a whole little business of it, but it wasn't a good quality. And at least, at least if I'm buying GE or Sylvania, I feel like 
Right. You know, you know, and you know, no, it's kind I, of funny. It's kind of funny. The the, uh, the uh, capital of uh, of lighting. You know, GE GE Automotive Lighting is headquartered in Hillsborough, New Hampshire, of all places. Wow. Yeah. So, so you think of where is where is the lighting? You know, automotive lighting capital of the world. It's up in it's yeah. up in Hillsborough, up in the, up in the woods in Hillsborough, New Hampshire, is where their headquarters is. So, uh, hmm. yeah. So, yeah. So, which is kind of funny, but yeah, but yeah, you know, look look at the both. You might find a new bulb just adds more light to the picture, and you'll be able to see better. Um, you know, part of it, part of it. I hate to say, you know, we're all getting older, and oh yeah, um, well, I'm, yeah, uh, yeah, I get yeah. you by yeah. The only, yeah. the only thing. For yeah, me you know, be... here here's the real scary. Here's the real scary number. Between hmm. the time we're twenty and sixty, we need three times three times more light to see. Wow. Yeah. And then if you don't get cataract, which yeah. is the other, yeah. Yeah. the other part of it. But yeah. you know, maybe for me though, uh, I the the uh, Sylvania's. Might be all right because, like I said, yeah. I really don't drive yeah. this car very often. Yeah. So if I drove it ten t- nights in a year, you know that would yeah. probably be a lot. Yeah, you know? yeah. And my it. yeah, and my problem with my car is um, my headlights. I can switch them off manually, but I leave them on all the time. And right. so even during the day, they're on all the time, which of course shortens the shortens the life of the bulbs a little bit too. But like I said, I I, I usually oh, go about know, I yeah. That's a good point because mine yeah. has. I have a switch, but there is a lower. Like, it's like I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's like a, there's a headlight on, but it's not the high head, not the, the oh. normal headlight. I have a yeah, not not that not that might be that that could be two different things. That could Tonight. be a daytime running light that's just another bulb, or it could be the high beam is actually run at a lower voltage. Okay, I'm going to check yeah. that out. Yeah. And the other thing I'm going to do, which you mentioned, I think I will check the voltage at the light when I run the car. I think I'll pull yeah. the bulb and just hold the bolt and just see what what it is, you know, because that would make a difference also. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, great. Okay. Well, thank you. I knew you could do it. Thank you, John. All right. Take care, Tom. Yeah, bye-bye. bye-bye. Our phone number is 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. That's how you get through and talk to us about your car and your car problems and whatever you have on your mind. We'll be happy to talk to you about it. Um, Wintertime, I, I might have mentioned this last week, I saw a new wiper blade. It's called Bosch Icon Wiper Blade with ClearMax 365. And um, I, I use these on one of our cars once, and it's a it's a it's a fairly expensive wiper blade. It actually kind of broke my heart, I think, a little bit when I bought it because I thought it was a little expensive, but it worked really well. It's called uh, the Bosch Premium Icon Wiper Blade. It features ClearMax 365, an exclusive patented rubber technology. It says ClearMax 365 physically and chemically bonds a soft rubber core with a hard polymer material, creating a permanent protective shell that will not wear off or leave a residue on the windshield. The rubber wiping edge remains pliable and doesn't crack over the life of the blade for a superior year-round performance, lasting up to 40% longer than other premium blades. And uh, if you want to find out more information on the website, it's Bosch 88 Feet. I have no idea why it's called that, but Bosch88Feet.com. and it's a, a unibeam style, so it's great in winter weather where the snow doesn't build up in the wiper blade, which can be kind of a really annoying thing to have happen. Our number again, 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. Again, no guests for this morning because we are at the City of Boston Credit Union Canton. Uh, we're you know, probably in 15 minutes or so. We'll be talking to somebody from the credit union about what's going on. If you're thinking about buying a car for the uh, President's Day holiday coming up, there is a few incentives, but not a lot. The uh, President's Day holiday is one of those times that if you're thinking about 
buying a car, it's really about negotiating with the dealer. And sometimes there's some local deals like the, you know, the, you know, Subaru here in New England is an independent franchise. The Toyota dealer here in New England uh, handles everything locally, and that's how sometimes it works. But if you were thinking about going out and buying a 2016 Chrysler right now, you may see, say you were going to go out and buy a Chrysler 300, there could be some cash back anywhere from 500 to $1,500 and some low interest loans from 0 to 4.9%. If you were thinking about going and buying a Ford F-250 truck because you want to put a plow on it, you're tired of shoveling already, uh, $2,500 rebate on that and uh, anywhere from some low to some actually fairly high percentage rates uh, up to 8.9%, but as low as 0.9%. And if you were thinking about going to General Motors and you wanted to buy a uh, Buick Enclave, well, there could be a $500 to $1,500 rebate, and again, low interest, or Buick Encore, uh, same thing, $500 to $1,000 uh, rebate. Also, some very good loans on that, too. I mean, very good leases on that car, too. That little, The little Buick is, uh, is a pretty slick little car, and you can lease one, I think, for as low as a couple hundred dollars. And although I've never been wild about leasing, that's pretty short money, uh, and you could, you could think about doing that. Well, if you read the Boston Globe last week and my column, you, I made a mistake. Well, yeah, I did. Uh, someone wrote in, and I actually uh, uh, wrote up, uh, wrote something, and I said, in the past column, a reader was looking for a large all-wheel drive sedan, and I made a few suggestions. Ford Taurus, Hyundai Genesis, Chrysler 300 are all certainly good choices. I also recommended the Toyota Avalon. And I don't know what made me recommend the Avalon because it is not an all-wheel drive car. It's a front-wheel drive car. Um, but with four snow tires, can perform pretty well in the wintertime. So, you know, if you're looking for a large, reliable car, the Avalon is one you might want to think about looking at. Uh, some of the questions in today's Globe... Uh, one of them was this past New Year's Eve, I heard a noise, thought it was a muffler had broken. I went to a chain repair shop. They told me I needed a new muffler and a new catalytic converter. I had the catalytic converter replaced by the same shop three years ago at a cost of $1,200. My question is, how can a catalytic converter fail in such a short time when the original lasted 10 years? I had the car repaired and paid another $1,285. I called their corporate office, believing I was taken advantage of, and they refunded half the cost. Uh, what do you think happened here? Should I give them more business or look elsewhere? Well, if the exhaust system was not damaged by, you know, you drove over a pothole or, you know, hit a big snowbank in the road or whatever the case was, something happened on New Year's Eve that you don't want to talk about or you don't remember, um, you shouldn't really have to pay for it. According to the EPA website, manufacturers of new catalytic converters are also required to provide a warranty on the converter shell and the pipes, that the end pipes of the catalytic converter for the first five years of 50,000 miles. Uh, so whichever comes first, and for 25,000 miles on the converter emissions performance. So it should do its job as a catalytic converter for 25,000 miles. Uh, so the way I look at that... It seems like you bought a catalytic converter that should have been covered by the manufacturer's warranty, so it shouldn't have even costed. It shouldn't even cost have costed the uh, the the repair shop any money. They should have just been able to resubmit it back to the the uh, manufacturer of the part. And the other question I thought was uh, a very simple one. My wife loves her 2010 Honda CRV, which recently passed 100,000 miles while driving. 
Uh, I searched the owner's manual but cannot find any information about replacing the timing chain. My question is, is this a concern or does she just keep on driving? And the good news is that um, with this car, the Honda CRV, like many cars today, have switched back to timing chains. So the timing chain should last the life of the vehicle, so no maintenance to worry about on that particular car. Marita tells me we have Rick's question of the week. Marita, what is it? Yes, we do. It's very appropriate, too, actually. And I might even be able to answer this one. So, Rick's question of the week. It's, a, it's actually about time that you start <laughs> answering questions. I mean, how, how, long, how long have you been my executive producer now? Oh, my gosh. Probably, I want to say somewhere around three years, maybe a little bit over three years, possibly. Yeah, see, I, th- I think you should be able to answer the question. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll start with this one, maybe. So, with it being a, I guess, aftermath of the snowstorm outside, Rick was wondering, you know, you, you're basically shoveled out your car, you cleared off your car, and now your door is completely, like, iced where you can't actually open the door, whether that's pertaining to also the key, like the lock. Mm-hmm. So he wants to know what to do in that situation or different tips because there's a couple different things that you could do. Okay, what do you think you should do? Well, this actually happened to me this morning, so I do know what to do in this situation, uh, at least one of the ways anyway. What I did was I took some de-icer and I completely sprayed my enti- like the crevice of my door because it was completely mm-hmm. stuck. So I kind of just took that de-icer and kind of sprayed all the crevices of that and I waited maybe like, I don't know, a couple seconds or so and then I was good to go. Good answer. Yeah. That's yeah. A, That's a good way to do it. The other thing sometimes people forget about is they go to the driver's door and the driver's door is frozen shut and they're like, oh, now what do I do? Well, you, in the case of your car, you have three other doors. Yeah. So give them, all a try. give them all a try. You know, so you might find that, you know, the, the passenger door opens or a back door opens. So at least you can get in the car, you know, mm. might, it might not be, well, someone, someone young and athletic like you, you can do it gracefully, but you know, somebody, <laughs> somebody like me, maybe not so much, but, um, but you could certainly, you know, that, you know, don't forget there's other doors. So, you know, try them all. What you suggested having the can of de-icer and spray and everything, that works. Um, the one thing that works, although I don't usually recommend it, is, you know, you're, you're a tea drinker. You know, you could go out and you could go and, you know, heat up a tea kettle full of hot water and come out and pour it on the door. The only problem with that is, first, keep, keep away from the glass because hot water and cold glass can shatter. Yeah. The second thing is, once you've done that, you might get the door open. But unless you dry everything off afterwards, now what's happened is you just put more water on a cold door that's more likely to freeze again. So although you might get in the car, you need to do a little bit of work. And the other thing is just sometimes uh, just taking your hand and just banging around the edge of the door. Just take your fist and just sort of bang it around the edge of the door. And uh, that is sometimes enough just to break the ice free. Uh, you know, Jerry here said, well, you could go out there with a hairdryer. Well, if you if you had a long enough extension cord, you could do that, too. But, um, you know, those are all things you could you could certainly try. And um, the other thing is, depending on where it freezes, if it's the rubber door gasket, the other thing you can do is once the door is all working normally and all dried off and everything, go buy a can of silicone spray. Uh, from a hardware store, and then spray all around the rubber door gaskets with the silicone, and that will keep the ice from building up between the door and the and the body of the car, so you can get so you can get back in in the morning. And the the silicone actually 
forces the water away so you don't have that problem. So so that solves so that kind of solves the problem temporarily for probably well it's February now so probably for the rest of the winter season so you'll be okay. So that's those are some of the things you can try. Again, the hot water one, sure you can go out and do it and try it. It's that's kind of my last ditch suggestion. That's when uh, that's when you have no other way to go and you you've given up the other thing to look at is the locks sometimes. A lot of people have, almost everybody now seems to have a, a um, remote key fob to unlock the car doors. Um, we still run into a lot of problems with frozen door locks where, you know, if you still use your key to get in another car. A little bit of silicone spray, if you have the, the can with the little plastic tube on it, uh, press the tube in through the lock, spray liberally in there, and again, it will keep the ice from forming inside the door lock and that will save a lot of trouble too so those are those are some of the tips for frozen door locks and the same thing um you know with your trunk sometimes your trunk can freeze shut too if you you have something you want to get in your trunk and it's all frozen shut a little silicone around there but dry it off first go out there with the an old towel or something to dry off all the rubber strips and then spray it and you should be good to go well you know what rick used what's that you know what rick used no what do you use he said that he used a crowbar <laughs> Really? Yeah, that's yeah. what he said on the phone. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little, a little tough on the finish of the paint. Yeah, you know. And the other thing, the other thing you can use, and and it's one of those. Um, uh, and I bet you're a big fan of Pinterest. Mm-hmm. Are you? I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Pinterest. Are you a Pinterest junkie? Are you? I'm not. You spend, I mean, not that, not, not, not that bad. Every day, but when I'm like, hmm, I need to look for mm. a recipe, I'll be on yeah. there for a while. Yeah. Yeah, the Pinterest people actually say, people have posted on Pinterest about this, and they'll say use uh, cooking spray. Mm. So take cooking spray, spray it all around the gaskets of the door, and that will keep that will keep things from freezing. Uh, it is true, but it's a little, it can get on your clothes and stuff. It's where the silicone spray is dry, and that doesn't happen. So, so it's all good stuff. Why don't we take a break? I think that might be a good idea. Why don't we take a quick break, and when we come back, well, we're here at the City of Boston Credit Union. Who knows what we're going to do? It's all kinds of good stuff. We're right on 138 in Canton. If you're out if you're out sh- taking a little break from shoveling this morning, stop on by and say hello. We're uh, right on Route 138 at the City of Boston Credit Union. My name's John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. You're listening on Salem Radio Boston, AM 1300, and sometimes AM 1260 on Sunday nights. We'll be right back. One day I devised myself a plan that should be the envy of most any man. I'd sneak it out of there in a lunchbox in my hand. Now getting caught meant getting fired, but I figured I'd have it all by the time I retired. I'd have me a car worth at least a hundred grand. I'd get it one piece at a time, and it wouldn't cost me a dime. You know it's me when I come through your town. W-R-O-L Boston. Have you heard? The state of the art in hearing support these days is amazing. There's no reason for anyone to sacrifice quality of life. At the Family Hearing Care Center in Weymouth and East Bridgewater, John Klepperker offers hearing systems that can be life-changing. Salem Media Boston and John have teamed to offer a pair of hearing aids valued at $5,000 for half price, $2,500. From our discount shopping sites, wezeradio.com and wrolradio.com. Sounds good. 
Now at Sullivan Tire and Auto Service through February 29th, get up to a $70 mail-in rebate when you buy any four BF Goodrich tires in stock. We stock quality BF Goodrich tires for whatever you drive, like the BF Goodrich All-Terrain TAKO2 or the Advantage TA, all at great prices and in stock now at Sullivan Tire. Remember to call in for or book online our comprehensive vehicle inspection. Our ASC certified technicians will check out your battery and charging system, radiator and antifreeze, inspect your tires and air pressure, brakes, all system fluids, steering and suspension, belts, hoses, the exhaust system, exterior lights, wiper blades, and more. Right now, don't miss the chance to drive home on a new set of quality BF Goodrich tires and save up to $70 by mail-in rebate, now through February 29th. Sullivan Tire is your BF Goodrich headquarters. Call 877-592-TIRE or visit SullivanTire.com. This is a dealer-funded promotion. See SullivanTire.com or visit a Sullivan Tire location for complete details. Hi, I'm Kevin Chapman. You know, I make my living in Hollywood, but I choose to keep my money at the City of Boston Credit Union. For over 100 years, they've helped put their members into the home of their dreams with competitive home mortgages that put you first, whether you're looking to buy a new home or refinance the one you already have. They helped me find the home of my dreams. So why don't you check them out at cityofbostoncu.com and see how you too can become a member today. City of Boston Credit Union. Uniquely Boston. And MLS number 403469. Equal housing lender. You're listening to The Car Doctor. And welcome back to the Car Doctor program on Salem Radio Boston. My name is John Paul, the Car Doctor here to help you with your car problems on this, well, it's the day after the snowstorm. And we actually had a pretty good snowstorm yesterday. There was a little bit more than I think I expected. And with us here is... Lynn Lauro. You don't have to be nervous. It's okay. It's, it's just like talking. It's, we'll pretend I'm a customer. What, first off, how long has the City of Boston Credit Union been in this location? We've been here since uh, we opened on November 4th. So that's why the building looks brand new and all all pretty inside and everything. So that's good. It's a very comfortable little branch. Yes, it's very nice. We're very happy with this branch. And how long have you been with the City of Boston Credit Union? Um, almost 14 years. So compared to everybody else, are you short-term or long-term? I'm short-term. Really? So people stay here forever? They do. Yes, they do. So that must mean the City of Boston Credit Union is a good place to work, too. Absolutely. You weren't just saying that because the branch manager was watching you, were you? I'm the branch manager. You are. They didn't tell me that. You didn't tell me your title. So you're the important. So you know everything. No, I wouldn't say everything. All right. So let's talk about what the City of Boston Credit Union has to offer. Car loans? Yes, we offer um, car loans. Um, we do refinance loans. We have car loans, new, used. Um, if the rate all depends upon your credit score. Um, we have discounts we have gap insurance we have um, extended warranties and when people think about um, car loans you can even refinance a car loan right yes that's correct so uh, somebody I was talking to one day said we were talking about refinancing car loans and they said well you know you refinance it you go through all that work and you save like um, so you save like 15 or 20 dollars a week and my answer was well, if you were walking down the street and every month there was a $20 bill, wouldn't you want to bend down and pick it up? Absolutely. Yeah. When you average it out, you know, $15 a week, then times it by 12 and you get, that's 
yearly, that's a lot of money. You can almost, you can almost, you, you can at least go out and have a really good meal with the money you save, right? That's true. How about can people refinance um, student loans? Student loans. Um, the student we do offer student loans. Um, it's it's um, we do have a program um, that we we don't. Do you do you need help? Yes. <laughs> yes. Debt, debt consolidation. Yes. Debt, debt consolidation. Debt consolidation loans. Okay. So they, if they can um, refinance them, they have to ha- be graduated though. Um, and we go through. We have a company that we work with that that um, they can go through to do that. Because I, I know I've been talking to some people that were you know thirty something years old, and they're and they're still talking about paying their student loans. I'm like, Yeesh. yes, yes, I see that a lot. Yeah. And and um, what's what's the advantage of belonging to a credit union versus a regular bank? Um, we're a nonprofit organization. Um, our board of directors are all volunteered. As um, so the any. The money that we take in for deposits, we try to give out to our members in such as good rates. Oh, that's that's very important, and uh, and it's I guess it's nice knowing that as a um, you know if you have a bank account or a checking account or take it along, you're actually part of the bank at that point, right? Because credit union, you're a member, right? You're a member, yes. Um, to join the credit to join the credit union, you have to have um, um, a sh- one share, which we use is is another form of sa- it's a type of savings account. We as a credit union, say it as a share account, you have to have one share of twenty-five dollars. It's kept in there at all times. Whereas a bank, it would call it would be called a savings account. So I have this twenty-five dollars share. So if I I can say, well, I'm a partial owner. That's correct. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I've I've never owned a bank before. It's nice, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Twenty-five dollars. Twenty-five dollars. And I noticed you also have a, um, an advertisement for enterprise car sales. Yes, we do. Um, we do work with Enterprise um, for used vehicles, um, and they they're standard. F- there's no um, trying to talk them down, but it's they're great. It's a great um, service that we offer. Yeah, and do you have do you have any other relationships with um, new and used car dealerships in the area, or like you do with Enterprise? Um, no. no, no. But I'm sure a lot of car dealerships probably recommend here because of the low interest rates, right? Yes, they do. We do get a lot of members that come in and say that so-and-so said to come um, here. Can you tell us a little City of Boston Credit Union history? They've been around for a while, huh? They have. We've been, we just celebrated our 100th year anniversary. I'm not even that old. <laughs> but, although, you know, I think, you know, there's probably a few people that work at the radio station. Jerry, I think Seamus is 100 years old, right? 102, yeah. So <laughs> who, who he uh, hosts the Feast of Irish Music on Sunday morning. So, uh, But, no, thank you very much for spending a little time and telling us what the credit union has to offer. And uh, thank you for having us here. It's a, it's a great place. And uh, certainly on a uh, day, if people are out kind of cruising around, uh, stop on in. And you can have... Uh, you can have a, a spin of the birthday wheel. I don't even know how that works, but Jerry probably does. So I think you can get a win a T-shirt, and you have uh, you have napkins and cookies and all kinds of little stuff here, and water, and I don't know what's what's the city of Boston little things there. What's that? Chocolate covered Oreos. People should come here just for the chocolate covered Oreos. Not even just to meet all the nice people here, but just for the chocolate covered Oreos. Thank you very much. Thank you for, ha- for coming. <laughs> good job give, give her out give her a round of applause everyone come on hey 
And if you would like to join us, our phone number is 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. That's how you get through and talk to us. She, they're all nervous. They all, they, all had a, they all had a fight with everybody to get, get that to happen. But uh, thank, I, I want to thank them for, uh, again, having us here and uh, having some fun here as well. And, you know, there's, like I said, there's, there's little mini muffins and chocolate chip cookies and water and and they brought plenty of napkins for me because they've seen me eat before and chocolate-covered Oreos with their names on them, which is pretty good. Well, I want to talk about the car that got me here today, which I honestly thought it might be a little bit of a challenge between yesterday and today. And today's test drive is in the Jaguar XFS model. The XF is a four-door sedan with a coupe design, which means from a little bit of a distance, you'd think it was a two-door coupe, but it really has four doors. The XF comes in four trim levels and a choice of rear-wheel or all-wheel drive. The engine is a V6 that makes either 340 or 380 horsepower. And in the future, there's a diesel option. In fact, Jaguar Land Rover claims that all of their vehicles will offer a diesel at some point. The latest XF uses plenty of lightweight aluminum to make this four-door sedan very responsive, uh, much more than its predecessor with the V6. Our road test was in the XFS, which is the sportiest model, 380 horsepower, but it was rear-wheel drive, a combination that might be suited better for Florida than New England. The cabin in the XF has uh, been updated as well with rear seating area gaining more room all the way around. This was due to the, uh, they changed they changed the body structure around, again, more aluminum. They actually added a little more room. They added some wing windows on the back. Uh, the rear seat before was uh, a little tight. Uh, the interior itself is tastefully done with quality leather and wood trim. The instrument panel is well designed and updated. Although, like all Jaguar products, products i'm not a huge fan of the combination navigation infotainment system this one is better but still i think it has a little bit too much clumsiness when you go to use it the voice command system has uh uh is there but after several arguments with the system i just gave up i asked it to change the radio station go from fm to am to satellite it just didn't it didn't like me and like all of these systems i i I give them all a hard time, but um, the problem is they do learn your voice after a while, just like my semi-smartphone. took a little while to get used to me, and the cars kind of do the same thing. And also, you can, only, you can only ask it to do what it's capable of doing, and you have to be able to use its phraseology to get it to work. The front seats are comfortable and supportive with plenty of legroom and lots of adjustments to go from plush to sporty bolstering. They're, they're also both heated and cooled. For a, sports, for a sports sedan, the ride is comfortable while still retaining very good handling. The electric power steering is quite nice with good feel, just heavy enough at high, highway speeds to feel connected to the road. At highway speeds, there's a... There's little road noise and wind noise disturbing a very quiet cabin. As mentioned before, the rear seat has grown and now can accommodate adults for more than just occasional use. And a nice touch also is the rear seats are heated. The trunk also has been supersized with a large opening and a flat floor. The trunk also has remote open and power close. The 380-horsepower engine provides V8-like performance, although the V8 burble is missing. Jaguars with the V8 engine sound phenomenal. This one sounds good, and it is, after all, it is a luxury sedan. It shouldn't sound like a hot rod, but uh, it's just missing a little bit. Fuel economy, should you care about such things, is rated by the EPA at 20 miles per gallon in the city, 30 miles per gallon on the highway. 
For big sedan that's almost 400 horsepower, 20 miles per gallon city driving is actually pretty good. They claim a mix of about 24 miles per gallon city highway. Bottom line is one word describes the latest Jaguar XF balance. This is a well-designed sports sedan that offers a great combination of passenger comfort, performance, ride, and handling. The Jaguar Fax, it seats five. It uses premium fuel. Miles per gallon, like I said, 20 city, 30 highway. Crash test hasn't been crash tested yet. Uh, shop it against, well, the BMW 5 Series, Cadillac CTS, Volvo S80, and Audi A6. And it does have a spare tire. It's a space saver spare tire, but at least it has a spare tire. Uh, better than uh, some other cars. And I'm trying to start to kind of keep an overall list of what cars have spare tires and what don't, because that to me has um, gotten to be a little bit of more of an issue than I th- kind of made it out to be. Although I noticed one of the car comp, one of the uh, the uh, companies that makes this spare tire sealant, came out and kind of uh, was not happy with what AAA put out about, uh, you know, cars without spare tires. And they said, and we said, some of these systems just don't work. And we also said the systems are quite expensive to replace. And they countered back with, well, you can go to a big box store like Walmart or Target and buy the the sealant and you're back in business for 20 or $30. Although that is true, if you're going to buy the whole kit with the compressor, it's a little bit more money than that, probably close to 100 or so, maybe even more. But the point is it the sealant kits have their use at times for instance if you're not capable of changing a flat tire and your car has a simple nail in it and you didn't drive on it very far and it didn't do any damage to the tire well the sealant kit might work pretty well because you go over you unscrew the valve cap you screw on the the uh, uh, tube from the sealant the little air compressor you plug it into a 12 volt outlet in the car it pumps up the tire it makes a temporary but relatively permanent seal and then you're you're in pretty good shape you're good to go where you might not have the physical capability to get out of jack and especially with the tools they give you today you don't get a lot you don't get good lug wrenches you don't get good jacks in a lot of cases so you might not be able to change a flat tire will this work the downside of course is if you've driven on the tire and you've done damage to the sidewall you're not going to know until you drive the car and the second is so the tire could possibly even blow out. And the other issue that could happen, too, is um, if, say, it was even a nail in the tire and the nail went in through the tread and then started to scrape away at the inside of the sidewall, well, that's a potential weak spot, and that could be, that could be a problem. So you look at those things and what could happen, uh, you could get a blowout in the tire. So the sealant kits have their, you know, there's places where they work well and others maybe not quite as good as you might hope. I personally prefer a spare, and I know when we bought my wife's Volkswagen, I didn't even give it any thought. It was kind of funny. I was sitting home one day, and I was reading the Monroney sticker, the sticker that's uh, in the window of the car when you go to buy it, and I looked and I went, huh. I wonder if this has a spare tire or not, because it didn't say on the sticker one way or the other. So I went out and, uh, and sure enough, looked under the car, and, and it did have a spare. So I felt I felt good about that. So I felt comfortable it did have a spare. So everything worked the way it was supposed to, and I was happy. Um, but I, I don't want to get a flat tire. And, a, and your spare tire is also something you should check periodically as well, because I think I told this embarrassing story once before. I did a... Um, 
video for AAA to make sure the spare tire in your car is uh, properly inflated. Make sure your jack and lug wrench are where they're supposed to be. And if you have a car like a minivan or an SUV or some other car that the spare tire is mounted underneath the vehicle, not a bad idea once a year or so to lower that tire down, lubricate anything that makes that little mechanism work, and then reassemble it and put it back together again. So if you need to change a flat tire by the side of the road, you're, you're in good shape to be able to do that. It's going to work the way it's supposed to. Well, what happened was I did that. And about three months later, I got a flat tire out on 495. And when I did, I went to get my spare tire out and it was flat. And it was flat, I assume, because when I checked the air pressure in the tire, the valve didn't seal properly and the tire went flat. So although it was checked and it was good, when I went to go look at it, it wasn't anymore. So you want to you just make sure that your spare tire is properly inflated and in some cars that have spare that have tire pressure monitoring systems well what happens is the spare tire sometimes is included in that so you might have a a light that comes on and go i've checked all the tires why why is the why is the uh low tire pressure light on and then it's because the spare tire is isn't it hasn't been checked in a long time other times the spare tires don't include that at all our phone number is 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. Phone lines are open if you would like to join us and talk about what's on your mind about cars and car industry or maybe you're thinking about buying a car, selling a car, your winter driving experience yesterday. I noticed this morning people hadn't done a very good job of cleaning all the snow off the roofs of their car. And also people were not paying attention enough to the roadway. Uh, the roads were pretty slick in places still, and people were zipping along, and I noticed a little slipping and sliding. The other thing that bothered me this morning, there was an ambulance coming in the opposite direction, and uh, there was somebody who uh, essentially cut the ambulance off so they could get into a Dunkin' Donuts, which really kind of aggravated me. Well, according to the uh, head of uh, Mercedes-Benz, Daimler, Apple and Google were making good progress on their future, according to according to them. Uh, uh, just ask uh, Dieter Zetcher. He is the CEO of Daimler. He says he met with some other senior execs around recently in 70 companies in the Silicon Valley. According to the um, uh, weekly newspaper in Germany, uh, he was asked about Google and Apple's automotive pursuits, and Zetcher told the newspaper our impression was that these companies can do more and no more than we had previously assumed. Google has tested its own prototype vehicle. Rumors have swirled that rival Apple is also working on a car, although the company never has confirmed that, although they've hired a lot of automotive people. So um, so, it's, uh, so it looks like we'll have to say they were in, uh, they said they were in concrete talks. We'll have to wait and see. So, uh, so you know, you never know. And finally, uh, historian Strove gets a uh, personal with GM founder Lawrence Gustin, who I've actually I remember him. He was an uh, I think he used to work for Buick at one time. Larry Gustin, automotive historian, now retired General Motors public relations manager, donated historical documents regarding the early days of GM to the Sloan Museum in Flint, Michigan. I've never been there. I got to go there. Justin gathered the material for several books he wrote about the early days of the auto industry, including Billy Durant, creator of General Motors, the first history, the first uh, 
biography of GM founder. The, don- the donation also included Durant's autobiographical notes with his handwritten comments in the margins. They described Durant's uh, start in carriages and how he founded GM after taking over Buick. Now he later created the Chevrolet car with the help of Buick racing star Louis Chevrolet, which he used to regain uh, GM from bankers who had seized control. And when we were talking with um, the writer from Rhode Island back a few weeks ago about his book, uh, the early car companies, most of them are all either going bankrupt or almost bankrupt at a whole bunch of times in their lives. The collection tells of how Durant backed up a, a small refrigerator company and came up with its name Frigidaire and how he also created Chevrolet bow tie logo. It includes exchange of letters between Durant and Winston Churchill at the end of World War One. Documents give personal insights to Durant's controversial ouster from GM in the 20s and later creation of Durant Motors uh, his bankruptcy in 1936 and his last year's running a Flint bowling alley. Can you imagine? This is a guy who essentially started General Motors, and in his last years in life, he was running a bowling alley in Flint, Michigan. But Gustin is a longtime Flint journal writer and editor, and somewhere around my house, I, unless I gave it away, which I do with a lot of stuff, I had a, I had a book by him. But Billy Durant, uh, there was a picture in Automotive News that shows him in a light-colored cap in a, in a new Buick during a promotional tool, tour in 1906. And this promotional tour had the AAA logo on the back of it because it must have been part of that whole AAA, AAA tour that they used to do back in, well, they did it for a lot of years, actually. Why don't we take a break? Our phone number is 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. If you're tired of shoveling snow, give us a call and talk about your car, whatever's on your mind, your first car, your last car, anything that you would like to talk about. Our phone lines are open just for you at 617-770-3030. We'll be right back. WROL Boston. The Great Molasses Flood of 1919, they were there. The Prue pierces the skyline. 1964, they were there. 2004, Boston baseball reigns supreme again. They were there. They were there when Starrow Drive opened in 1951, and when the first flight landed at Logan in 1923, they were there. They've been here for a hundred years of Boston, uniquely Boston, City of Boston Credit Union. Memberships open to anyone living or working in Suffolk or Norfolk counties. And when it comes to loans, when you need a loan, there's no place like City of Boston Credit Union. They are there, there for you. Home loans, vehicle, tuition, energy and personal, City of Boston Credit Union, 617-635-4545. City of Boston Credit Union is NMLS number 403469 equal housing lender. Visit cityofbostoncu.com for more. City of Boston Credit Union, uniquely Boston. Have you heard? The state of the art in hearing support these days is amazing. There's no reason for anyone to sacrifice quality of life. 
At the Family Hearing Care Center in Weymouth and East Bridgewater, John Klepiker offers hearing systems that can be life-changing. Salem Media Boston and John have teamed to offer a pair of hearing aids valued at $5,000 for half price, $2,500, from our discount shopping sites, wezeradio.com and wrolradio.com. Sounds good. Are you being denied credit? Are you paying high interest rates? At CreditRepair.com, we know life happens. Divorce, medical bills, student loans, and many other reasons why credit scores fall. That's why at CreditRepair.com, we're committed to helping folks get the second chance they deserve to improve their credit. CreditRepair.com is actually acting as an advocate for me. Things that I thought when you paid them off, they were still on there. Things that I didn't even know were on, they were on there. But they got them removed. I feel they're doing what they said they'd do and beyond. I'm not going to abuse this second chance that they gave me. I'm in the process now of buying a home. CreditRepair.com actually does work. We can help you get a second chance at great credit. The consultation is free and includes a free credit score and summary credit report. We'll review your current credit situation right on the phone with a game plan to restore it. Call 800-231-1735. That's 800-231-1735. Again, 800-231-1735. 800-231-1735. At Sullivan Tire and Auto Service, we offer the largest variety of quality road-gripping tires at the best prices around. Sullivan Tire is proud to be New England's Michelin Tire headquarters. And now through February 29th, save big on all Michelin tires. Buy any four Michelin tires and receive a $70 mail-in rebate. Michelin tires are known for their great tread design, durability, and handling. So it's the perfect time to save big on such tires as the Michelin Premier AS, safe when new, safe when worn, and the Michelin Premier LTX. Remember to call in for or book online our comprehensive Vehicle inspection. Our ASC certified technicians will check out your battery and charging system, radiator and antifreeze, inspect tire and air pressure, brakes, all system fluids, steering and suspension, belts, hoses, the exhaust system, exterior lights, wiper blades, and more. Don't miss your chance to drive home in a new set of quality Michelin tires and save $70 by mail-in rebate. Hurry, offer ends February 29th. This is a dealer-funded promotion. See SullivanTire.com or visit a Sullivan Tire location for complete details. Now, let's get back to the car doctor. And welcome back to the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL and AM 1260 WBIX. Uh, You can tune into past programs on Sunday night at 9 o'clock on AM 1260 WBIX, our business station, where they run some of our some of our programming as well and some of my older programs. And Marita always does a great job of putting all those together. Our phone number is 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. Let's talk to Mike. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, John. John, let me start off by... How are you? I'm um, okay, but let me just start off by saying I hate snow. And, um, Me too. Yeah. Uh, second, uh, I wanted to thank you for the car show tickets. Uh, my friend Bill and I always enjoy going to it. And uh, um, along those lines, I was interested in looking at the Honda Civic and really liked the car. But um, when I was looking for the safety, looking at the safety systems there, um, I asked the person there about the blind spot monitoring, and they said that Honda doesn't do a warning light like a lot of them do in the rear view mirrors they basically do a a mirror that gives you a better you know area looking at the uh 
cars coming there. And then on the right side, they have a, a camera that if you turn on the signal, it will give you a picture of the cars on your right-hand side in the, in the display. And I was wondering, um, I was kind of disappointed. Could you comment at all about the fact that there's no light there and they just use a, a, a mirror that gives you a, a better view of the rear area as the cars are on your left versus the, the light that actually a lot of them will come on and, and show you in the, in the mirror itself? Yeah, sure. Uh, the the blind spot monitors. One of the things about them is that, as good as they sometimes are, they sometimes miss things. We did some testing with a bunch of different blind spot monitors, and what we found was that they actually missed some cars, um, and especially small cars and motorcycles. So we did a test out on an open road where we had a motorcycle come by us. And the blind spot monitor in three out of five cars never even caught the motorcycle. So they're good in some cases, but they're not great in all cases. So you have to be a little cautious about those. So um, I, w- I would like to see them, too. I, I, my, my wife's new Volkswagen, she was a little disappointed it didn't have blind spot monitors in it. Um, but the Honda one, the Honda Lane Watch, is actually really good. Uh, that's the one where you flip on the right turn signal and the display on the screen shows that right side. And that works really, really well. Uh, it gives you a nice view of that right-hand side. In fact, uh, a couple of years ago in 2013, my press group, the New England Motor Press Association, gave Honda an award, a technology award, for that lane watch system. So it's actually a pretty good system. So as much as you might miss the blinky lights, having a good left side mirror and having it adjusted properly in that lane watch system are actually pretty good systems. Okay. Okay, Um, Yeah, uh, could I just ask, uh, as far as safety systems, if I may, um, are there ones that if you were going to get a car that you would want definitely to have versus some of them don't offer them all? Is there any you know, in terms of maybe ranking them that would be more important than others. You know, some of them have the um, intelligent cruise control with auto brake, and some just have a, mm-hmm. a warning light or a warning tour, or some of them have a, will steer you into the lane watch versus others will just, you know, yep. warn you that you're going out of the lane. Is there some sort of a ranking that you might give them that you feel would be more important to have it if they weren't all offered on one vehicle? Intelligent cruise control, if you're out on the highway a lot, what's nice about that is it does actually keep you a safe distance from the car in front of you. And if somebody pulls in between that safe distance, it'll actually slow down and brake. I like the, uh, the, brake, the brake system, the automatic braking system, which uh, was interesting in the, um, the little Scion IA that I drove last week, a little $17,000 car. Uh, and Scion, the name at least, is going away. The cars are staying, but the name is going away. Uh, they've decided Scion was a product that didn't really work. But that $17,000 car had automatic low-speed collision, and that's where a lot of these front-end collisions happen is when somebody's just not paying attention and you know, all of a sudden you look in front of you and you haven't stopped quick enough. So I think that's a really good one. I, it was something I was a little bit hesitant about, but I think it actually works pretty good most of the time although i was driving a car that had it and for some reason one intersection it was a little bit uphill when somebody would turn right the car would actually warn me to slow down when it didn't really need to that's a pretty good one 
the lane departure warning and lane departure correction where you start to drift out of the lane and the light blinks or the seat vibrates or the steering wheel shakes or brake pedal vibrates or something like that, those are pretty good systems, but... And they're, they're, they're good learning systems because if you leave them on all the time, you notice you're probably not as good a driver as you thought because it's always intervening. It's always telling you you're drifting out of the lane a little bit. As far as how they correct, they don't correct as strongly as you would think. It does drift you back into the lane, but not by actually turning the steering wheel, not like a self-driving car. It more what it does, it applies one of the front or rear brakes, so it actually causes the car to kind of pull back in that direction. You can oversteer it and make it go the other way. Uh, the you know if you had a hundred and hundred thousand dollars and you wanted to buy a Tesla you could buy it with the self driving option where it would actually you can almost take your hands off the wheel and the car would drive itself and w- I was talking to somebody who has one of those cars and I said what do you think of the self driving option and the first thing they said was it tends to put me right in the middle of the lane a place that I'm not usually that used to he said I usually tended to drive closer to closer to the line on the road in the left hand hand lane so now what happened was it places me more in the middle of the lane and i feel like i'm too close to the cars on the right hand side when i'm going by but he said i got used to it and in the time he's had this uh, tesla he said it has only intervened once and he was glad that it did so the technology is coming and coming and coming what i i there's some technology that i like that it's very simple auto dimming rear view mirror auto dimming side view mirrors the idea that you're not getting headlight glare i think is a really nice one to have so you know you you have to look and see what comes with the car you know um you know if you get real basic you know, a real basic car with not a lot of features you know then you know Anti-lock brakes, traction control, stability control, that package there is one of the most important things you can have because that, that, although those are things that will work when things get bad and they'll help you, those I prefer over some of the other ones. I would rather have traction control, stability control than a backup camera in a car, for instance. Okay, Mike? Okay. May I ask you one, uh, one last sure. question? Sure, absolutely, uh, absolutely. Uh, please, um, heated cool seats, cooled seats, is there a difference in... In a cooled seat, I mean, can they be cooled differently? And have you had any experience with them, and, and how do they work? Uh, there's two different ways. One is ventilated, which is actually the leather or whatever the seat's made out of actually has little porous holes in it. So there's, there's literally a little fan that ventilates the seats. The other ones use a, um, and I don't know what the scientific name for it, one of our listeners I'm sure probably does, but have you ever seen those... Um, coolers that you can plug into a cigarette lighter and it can keep things warm or keep things cool yes well it's the same idea it's the way you apply the voltage to the to the strip so if you apply the voltage one way it actually cools things off if you apply the voltage the other way it actually warms thing up things up um to me it seems a little more novelty than than necessary um my boss his old car had cooled seats and his new car doesn't and he's like oh you know i think i'm going to miss my cooled seats on a hot summer day i don't know i thought that's what the air conditioner was for but even in an air-conditioned car with with leather seats and not all leather is actually leather Uh, a lot of it you might think is leather uh even some uh premium cars like mercedes and bmw they you know uh, mercedes calls it uh 
uh, Mercedes text. It looks like leather, but it's really a form of a vinyl. And I suppose on a hot summer day, even with air conditioning, you might get a little bit sticky sitting up against the seats. So um, cool seats, cool seats. Can, you know, it's a it's a nice comfort feature. Um, I managed to get by so far in life without them. So uh, I don't. I you know this uh, this Jaguar I'm driving today has cool seats. Obviously, I don't need the cool seats today, but I have driven a car with cool seats. And and to me, it feels weird sitting on a seat that's cooler than the air in the car. Oh. Okay. It's a little. It's a little bit of. It's a little bit of. Uh, you know, sitting on an ice cube kind of feeling. I don't know. <laughs> to me, it's just a. To, to me, it's just. To me, it's just not. It's weird. I mean, it's like sitting down on something that's just colder than everything around you. It's just. I don't know. It feels weird to me. But a lot of people like it. So. Okay. Okay. All right, John, thank you very much All right, for your time. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. All right. Take care. All right. Thank Bye-bye. you. Uh, let's go over to line two to George. Hi, George. Hi, George? hi John. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Sure. Um, I actually spoke to you um, on Facebook. I did buy the 91 Volvo. I don't know if you remember. This is George from West Hartford. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. My my question is, being a 25-year-old car, do you think it's a good idea, because who knows if it was ever done, to change the rear-end fluid? It can't hurt. You know, a car like that, you know, rear-end fluid, the differential fluid, can pick up some contaminants from as the bearings start to wear. Also, mm-hmm. depending on where it was driven, it also could just pick up general uh, moisture in the system. So a 25-year-old car changing the differential fluids can't hurt. And sometimes when you know when I used to work in a garage and you you know somebody would want to do that, or I'd you know you'd you know in an old-fashioned vehicle like a uh, or you know style vehicle like a truck you'd you know you'd take the plug out dip your finger in there look at it and it looked a little discolored and you say hey, why don't we change it pull it you know on, again on an old older vehicle with a differential cover you pull the cover off of it and the stuff would look a little bit milky which means it picked up a little bit of moisture so it certainly can't hurt um also be aware that uh, there may be certain a certain type of fluid that Volvo recommends or an additive that Volvo recommends for that car just to make sure that you know it it's something that isn't going to change the characteristics if if it is a a limited slip differential of some kind there may be some right. special fluid that's required yeah yeah but as, my, again uh, it can't it can't hurt at 25 years old at 25 you know a car that's 25 years old it can't hurt a lot of times you know, it's, somebody wrote to me just the other day, and it'll probably be a uh, column that appears in the paper uh, soon, and that is um, they have an older car, and they went into a dealership. It didn't have a ton of miles on it, and the dealership recommended re- replacing all the fluids, and they said, what do you think about that? And I said, certain fluids, certainly not a bad idea. Uh, engine coolant deteriorates over time. The additives go bad. Um, uh, brake fluid can pick up moisture and contamination, and you don't want contaminated brake fluid because it can actually, if it's contaminated with water, it can actually boil on a panic stop, and your brakes will get mushy. Uh, power steering fluid, if it looks dirty, change it. Transmission fluid, that's the one that gets a little bit tricky because transmission uh, transmissions can sometimes build up with varnish inside the transmission, which doesn't sound good, but on the other hand, sometimes when you change the transmission fluid, and it's not completely flushed out, or you just add fresh fluid to it, and then it washes some of the washes some of the varnish away. Now, all of a sudden, you go from a transmission that didn't have a problem to one that had a problem. So, to me, when I look at transmission fluid, if the fluid looks good, if it looks like it's in good condition, even though it's old, I might tend to want to leave it alone. 
if it's if the car's shifting good and the fluid looks good, if the fluid looks dirty and contaminated, probably a good idea to change it. Differential fluid, you say, well, how can that go bad? It just sits there. Well, the bearings and the trans bearings and the differential, they can wear. They're made out of brass and they can wear. So, not a bad idea to you know get any of that contamination out of there and change the fluid. Okay, thank you so much for your okay. Opinion. Okay, George, and thanks, and Thank uh, thanks for thanks for being a dedicated listener, and uh, thanks for liking everything I put on Facebook. I appreciate that. Oh, definitely. All you right, thanks. Great advice. Thank you. All right, thanks, George. Take care. Bye bye. And our phone number is six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty. And do we still have Boyd on the phone? Boyd. Yeah. Boyd. Hello there. Hi there. John Paul, how are you? Good and yourself. Very well, thank you. Yes. <clears throat> Say, I have a suggestion. You know, try some of the uh, Duluth thermal underwear for your uh, <laughs> for your cold seat. Yes. So when I'm sitting on, sitting on those seats. Yeah. No, I was I was I was talking to somebody the other day about working in cold weather, or at least going outside and shoveling snow. And uh-huh. he bought one of those um, boot warmer th- uh, boot dryers. You know, the thing that looks like a hair dryer with you stick your boots on it and it dries out your boots. And he right? said what he does is he puts his boots on that thing, gets them roasty, toasty, warm, before he goes outside, and he says he'll be outside for an hour, and it still feels like his feet are warm. Pretty good. Yeah, pretty yeah. good idea, I think. Yeah, yeah, a good idea, indeed. Yeah. 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 Um, I wanted to thank you very much for the uh, car show ticket. Oh, okay. What did you think of the show? Uh, quite good. Yeah, I did. I thought it was, it was quite good. It brought... You know, I used to go years ago to the New York Coliseum, you know, to see mm-hmm. auto shows when I was a young lad. And I lived in Connecticut, and I uh, had some fond memories. Yeah, it was good. It was quite a good show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I brought my nephew along, and he, he really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's one of those shows that it, I think it's... Um... It just hasn't found its spot yet. I think it could be so much better, but it's so competitive with the Detroit Auto Show that runs at the same time. We miss some of the really, the really exciting prototypes and uh-huh. you know, pre-production vehicles and all those things because they're all sitting in Detroit. We do get some of them. I mean, we we got the uh, uh, new Chrysler minivan that's coming out, which is you know was about the only place it was really seen was out in the Boston show. So. I, I and I and I like the new convention center. I wish it was easier to get to and easier to park, but it's a beautiful building inside, so it's kind of a nice place to wander around. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, um, I wanted your opinion on on a couple of vehicles I'm, I'm looking sure. at. Yeah. I I wonder have uh, have you driven um, a late model uh, GTI or, or and or a, and a Honda Si Civic? I I have not driven the Honda Si in years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a it's been a while. Uh, right. The 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 hot Volkswagens. I have driven a couple of them. There is right. they're they're better than they ever have been. Uh-huh. Uh, I think that I think the handling is better. Uh, the performance is great. On a scale of uh, one to ten, what do you give the handling? I would give it. I would give it. You know. You know. Even regardless of the price, I would put it in a good solid seven or eight. Okay. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. So, so I'd, yeah. I'd give, I, I'd give, I'm gonna, I, I, I I'd, yeah. Go ahead. You know, I'd give the handle. I'd give it a, I, I'd give it a good solid number. You know, and if you compare it with something like a, a you know, a Subaru WRX, even the crazy STI one, it's just, oh, yeah. a, it's, it's a little bit more adult car, I think. Uh huh. Yeah, you know, I, I, yeah, you know, your your nephew would probably like the WRX STI much more than. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, uh, a high performance. Uh, yeah, well, the first 300 horsepower in a light car, that, <laughs> that, yeah. that, is, that is high on the fun factor. It certainly is. It, it really, it really is. And, and all those cars, you know, you, you start, you you put a, a small car with you know two hundred horsepower in it. That's a lot of horsepower for a small car. And oh, you know, absolutely. Yeah, the GTI is two ten, isn't it? And I, and I think the, yeah. the, Honda, the Honda Civic, which I have not driven yet, the Honda not Civic, but the the SI. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. about two ten. That's two ten also. And yeah, it I is. Was, and, I was wondering of the two, which do you thought handled the better? That's what my question was going to be. Yeah, I thought, you know, I, and again, I haven't driven the SI in a bunch of years, um, and I think I drove it right after they did the, you know, the they, they went to more of a conventional McPherson strut setup. It still right. handled good. I didn't. I don't think it was as good as the original Civics used to be. Um, right. Why but is that? I still thought, it, I, I don't know, it just seemed like, and it could have just been, they cha- you know, it could have been just me saying they changed something that was good and kind of went right. a little simpler uh-huh. and cheaper and right. it could have been just my impression that it wasn't as good it may have been um the other thing is the the civic engine you know similar to almost like the engine that was in the old uh honda s2000 uh it really liked high rpms where the uh volkswagen engine tended to have more it felt like it had a lot more usable torque than the, uh-huh. than the the Civic Si, where the Civic Si seemed to make all of its power at you know five thousand RPM and up. So if you hmm. like to run it through the gears, yeah. I think the Civic was more fun to drive. But yeah. you know, eighty percent of the time you can't drive it that way. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, which to me make made the the Volkswagen just a little bit better. Also, the Volkswagen, you know, it's hard to argue with Volkswagen interiors. They make really nice interiors, comfortable yeah, yeah. looking cars, and again, they're more of a um, kind of it just, uh, yeah, yeah. The fit and finish is better. It just seems, and maybe as you know, as I'm kind older, of I just like. kind of yeah, hey, exactly. Way, I have a question for you. Maybe you can yes. answer. You know what? I was going to look this up on Google. Uh, you know, uh, go ahead, go ahead, boy. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you know what the initials? Is it Auto Union Di? What is Audi? O U D I. What's the Di? I don't know what the. What does the name uh, actually stand stand for? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't I remember. It, is, is the answer? Yeah. Auto Union. Yeah, Auto Union. You're you, you're right. And it, and, yeah, I don't. Uh, is it Deutsch? Uh, something. Yeah, it could it could be. And the yeah, and the four rings of Audi. Everything means you know the rings mean something too, but. Um, I would, I would have to, I would have to, I would have to resort to Google to look it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's you know the the the, the I have driven the uh, the, the GTI, and I, like yep. you said, I was impressed uh, somewhat um, with the fit and finish. And it reminded yep. me of Audi, uh, of kind of fit and finish like the S4 and the A4 and all that. Yep. Uh, but anyway, um, I just wondered if you'd had a chance to drive either one. By the way, I read your article on uh, the the Jag uh, F. Oh yeah. Um, have you had a chance to drive that on some twisty roads? I did. I did. Mm-hmm. What a yeah. nice, what a nice car! It mm-hmm. it really was. That that Jaguar F Type, uh, both the convertible and the coupe, are just 
phenomenal cars. They really are. Jaguar, mm-hmm. Jaguar, just and I was talking to uh, the head of Jaguar Public Relations one day, and he said, you know, I I said something to him about you start that car up and it rattles the neighbors' windows, and he said, you know, we kind of did that on purpose. He said we kind of wanted to be, you know, we wanted to wear a heart on our sleeve with that car. We wanted people to really know it was a a performance sports car, and I think they I, they hit it right on the mark with it. Just a great, excellent, car. yeah. That's you know, and let's face it. Uh, uh, for people like myself, I like that. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. Hey, boy, thanks a lot. Okay. Very good. All right. Take thanks. care. Thank you. Bye bye. Now. Those tickets again. All right. Sure thing. Six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty. Why don't we uh, take another call? Good morning. You're on the Car Doctor program. Hello, Walter. Hello. Yes. Walter, is that I you? Have a que- yes, I have a question. Um, the brightness of these headlights at night, I think, is causing a lot of these people uh, get hit in the uh, crosswalks. People are blinded by oncoming lights. I wonder if the registry will ever limit the uh, the candle power in these lights. I know that some of them are very bright, especially driving at night. It goes right into your eyes. Yeah, well, a couple things. The, the headlights all follow a... Um, Society of Automotive Engineers slash DOT um, requirement from, and I want to say it was, it's been around for a long time. It's it's either been around from the 80s and maybe even the 70s. And that is what determines uh, how much light is cast on the road. Now, that's not to say that people can't put extremely bright headlights in their car. And that sometimes is done. Whenever you see a headlight that, doesn't look like it belongs. In other words, you see a Toyota Corolla with really, really bright headlights. Well, you know, that didn't come that way from the factory, and those are probably illegal. Uh, The other thing is if you see any headlights that are slightly different color. I've seen pink and purple. Those are illegal headlights. They don't belong in the car, and those can cause a lot of glare and dazzle. A well-designed headlight, one that is... um, one that is is designed for the car or designed as an add-on for the car, like a, like the Silver Star Plus or GE or any of those ones, those are lights that are designed to to improve visibility on the road and not cause glare to drivers. So uh, the state inspection service, when you go to get an inspection sticker, you know, what they usually say is, you know, you come in and they, they look and they say, turn your lights on, high beam, low beam, and that's all they ever look at. But they actually are supposed to look at things like lighting brightness at the same time. And uh, if they are too bright, that can actually that they can actually fail the car, or if they're illegal or not designed for that particular car. So you have to, you know, that that is possible. Um, in Europe, the Europe uh, lighting standard is different than it is in uh, the United States. In fact, the, there's an Audi model that's available right now. It's a very high-end Audi model, the A8, and it uses a lighting system that actually uses 23. LED bulbs on each side of the car. And what happens is if someone's in a crosswalk, for instance, and they're walking through and they have, and they even have something on that causes a little bit of reflection, it shuts off the, a segment of the light so the light is actually shining all around them but not in their eyes. And those lights are phenomenal. They're, they're, they're designed for a very long life. They're also a little bit expensive, but they're also not legal for the United States yet. So, well, you know, go ahead. Yeah, um, years ago with the regular headlights, uh, you you dimmed your high beams and so forth and everything else. But 
I mean, this city driving now is getting crazy with these lights, especially at night. And you hear about people getting hit in the crosswalks. And I, I really think they're bl- and the, the people are blinded. They don't see them in the crosswalk until it's too late. Well, I think it's a combination of things. I think it, I think part of it is, um, in some cases, pedestrians are taking a little bit too much for granted that they, not even in a crosswalk, they just sometimes they just walk off the sidewalk and expect traffic to stop. And depending on how much the driver of the car is paying attention, the combination of things can be a problem. So, I, you know, I think I think there's uh, you know shared responsibility. To me, the more light you can get on the road, the safer driver you are. So, as a driver, if I have more light and I can see the pedestrian in the crosswalk and I slow down and make appropriate yeah. actions for them, I think that's much better. Now, if I walk into a bright light and I get blinded, uh, well, that's that's another issue. But, yeah, and if somebody's coming the other way, if somebody's coming towards me with bright lights and I'm going in the other direction and somebody's on my side of the road in a crosswalk or just stepping off the sidewalk, and I'm like, what do we do when we see a bright light? We tend to tend to stare at the bright light. Then all of a sudden we look back and, you know, all of a sudden our eyes haven't adjusted and there's somebody in the crosswalk. Yeah, there's that could that that certainly could be a real issue. So I I, I agree with you, but I think that I think there's uh, there's room there's room to work for both, uh, you know, the vehicle manufacturers, I think, can continue to design these better lighting systems. And uh, and even some of the technology, we were talking about technology earlier with one of our listeners, what he thought was important. And there's even these pedestrian warning systems now that that can actually see the pedestrian by the side of the road and actually warn the driver that somebody's on the side of the road or about ready to cross into the road and signal a little warning to say, hey, look, watch out. There's somebody there that might be crossing the road. Okay. Right. And the blue LEDs, are they illegal? Or the blue? Yes. Yes, okay. they are. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye now. Our phone number is 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. Let's talk to Ken. Good morning. Good morning. I have a question on tire sensor things. Uh, Okay. If a friend has a Lexus, I ride with him, and he got a check system, and it showed the tire. Mm -hmm. And I guess he's got a GS whatever, an 07 or 08. But the bottom line is, he asked me, how do they work? And I said, well, I don't think the sense is in the valve stem, or maybe it is, but how does it know? And, like, yeah, you know, I know okay. you would talk. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah that's, okay. that's okay. That's okay. No, you're, you're half, you're, it depends on the car. Here's what it comes down to. Um, when the car was manufactured, it could have one or two different systems. One of them actually measures the tire rotation. So a low, low tire rotates different than a fully inflated tire. So with that type of system, the ABS sensor, the thing that measures how the ABS system works, will look at the tire rotating and go, hey, wait, one tire is rotating differently than the other. You have a low tire on the car. That is called an indirect system. That's the kind of system that uh, some of the German manufacturers are using now, like Audi and Volkswagen. Uh, and it's a, very, it's a very inexpensive system to maintain. The second system is a direct system, and it actually uses a special valve stem with a sensor built into the bottom of the valve that measures pressure inside the tire. And that system 
actually uses a little radio frequency, and it's and is battery powered, and it will actually send a signal to an antenna in the car, and the antenna may be mounted in the rear view mirror or side view mirror or something like that, and it'll actually tell the car that one of the tires is low. Depending on how sophisticated it is, it may actually know the actual pressure or it may actually know which one of the four tires is actually the one that's low on air. Uh, some systems still only with those systems will only say one tire is low and it won't tell you which one. My almost 10-year-old Hyundai has the one with the individual sensors in it, and it will tell me which tire is low, but it won't tell me how low it is. It will just tell me, you know, check the left rear or something like that. The problem with the direct reading systems, the ones that read directly off the valve stem, is the battery life in those is somewhere between 7 and 10 years. And I think in the next couple of years, we're going to see a whole bunch of unhappy people that have to spend anywhere from 50 to $150 for replacement sensors. And then what you have to do, you have to put the sensor in, rebalance the tire. So that by the time you're done, you could spend, in fact, someone wrote to me the other day that needs to have all the sensors replaced in their, now granted this was a Porsche 911, but they need to have all the sensors replaced in their Porsche 911. They're all just wearing out because of age, and it's going to cost them about fifteen hundred dollars. So now if they you drive, have a, my my only comment to that was now if you drive a Porsche, you know, fifteen hundred dollars. Well, it's part of owning a sporty car. So if you have a car and you you know, if you, I always buy rims, steel rims for the winter because. Mm-hmm. They're a good thing, right? Yep. You mm-hmm. go in to change tires some of the winter. It's 25 bucks a tire to change it, balance it, put a new stem in, if they put a stem. Now, stems are usually good and you get away. Yep. But what if, so if you're going to have winter tires on rims, you'd have to buy these special sensor things too? Yeah, that's where it gets a little tricky. Three or four years ago, you could buy a set of steel wheels, a set of plastic hubcaps so the car's still, you know, okay, right. and, put, and put your four snow tires on. And you put them all on your car. Say, say for instance, you had a, you know, we were talking Volkswagen Golf. So you, you had a, a Golf, you had a Volkswagen GTI. And you put four steel wheels on, four plastic hubcaps, your four winter tires, and you got in your car afterwards and the low tire light was on because it wasn't reading any sensor information. But you knew that and you knew your tire okay and you said i'm i'm not going to worry about it what do i care it's i know my tires are all properly inflated and i'll drive with the winter that time and and in the spring i'll put my four other tires back on the light will go off and i'll be a happy person for the next nine months out of the year right what happened was the the national highway traffic safety association administration or dot one of the one end of the the government or the other said no if you do that and you're and you're a garage owner, and you put someone's snow tires on that have no sensors in them. You have disabled the safety system, and you're liable for any incidents that could happen. So, you know, good tire stores like Sullivan Tire or Direct Tire or places like that, they go, well, you know, we can't do this anymore because they changed the rules and they say we're 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 actively disabling a safety system. Now, could you do it at home in your driveway? Sure, you could, but can you do it? Can you do it on, can a garage do it? No, they can't. And the other issue is now you decide, well, I want to have all the sensors work in my car. I'm going to go buy a new set of sensors. Depending on the car, some manufacturers like BMW can allow up to two sets of sensors. So a winter sensor set and a summer sensor set. Some don't. Cars like Honda, you decide, you know what, I'll just deal with the light being on. 
all of a sudden now the traction control system is tied into the low tire light and it disables the traction control system, which in turn disables part of the safety systems, and the car just doesn't perform properly. So the tire pressure systems were put in there because of a safety reason back when uh, when uh, Ford Explorers were blowing out tires. But it's one of those things we may have we may have nannied a little bit too far. Well, that stinks. That's gonna is it yeah. isn't gonna get better, is it? I don't think so. Although you never know, maybe the maybe NHTSA or DOT, whichever branch of the government that did that, might go. You know what? There there can be a way around it. Uh, but I think the best way is, um, for instance, my my uh, uh, wife's Volkswagen, like many cars that use the indirect system. All it does is it measures the tire rotation, so it doesn't care what tires are on there, what valve stems are on there. All it knows is if all four tires are rolling the same, everything's going to be good. So. Okay. I think what we're going to see is more manufacturers getting away from the fancy electronic sensors to the more basic sensors that still meet the letter of the law but give are going to give the consumer a lot less trouble. Well, I just want to say thank you, and I, I got lucky and got tickets from you good folks to the to the auto show. First time I had been since it had been at Carmire, uh, Armory or the mechanic someplace. Oh, well, okay. It was, it was fabulous. Well, glad really to hear it. Was loved it. All right. Thank you. All right. Take care now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We need to take a quick break. My name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. We're broadcasting live from the City of Boston Credit Union right on 138 in Canton. We'll be right back. WROL Boston. I count. I count. I count. At the City of Boston Credit Union, you count. Why? Because CBCU is owned by its members, and each member has an equal vote in the credit union's direction. Does your financial institution ask your opinion? And what if you have a problem? We as directors will talk to anyone that has a problem. I belong to the credit committee, and we're here to help people. That's why we were a credit union rather than the bank. Rank, you couldn't get to talk to anybody. You press one, press two, press three. But here, we're willing to talk to any member that has a problem. Be part of a financial service institution where you count. The City of Boston Credit Union. None of this other stuff. You get into big corporate banks, that no red tape, none of that. The people here are very courteous. It's not a problem to get a hold of somebody and find out what you need to know. It's much better than the bigger banks. And if you really need a home loan, a car loan, or a personal loan, they are fantastic. Cityofbostoncu.com. I count. I count. I count. Miss your favorite show? And you have to have an antidote, but it doesn't exist on earth. It exists in heaven. That anointing from Christ. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart. Or if you just want to hear it again. Check out our podcast page at WROLradio.com. All your favorite ministries on demand whenever you want them, day or night. And all for free. Just visit our podcast page at WROLradio.com. Download and enjoy. 
This is Bill Kelly. If you have statement shock, you opened your statements for two months and you found tremendous losses, call me, 888-800-1881. Visit with us evenings and weekends until this crisis is over, 888-800-1881. Join us on February 20th in Burlington for brunch, 888-800-1881. Saturday, March 12th, Danvers, 888-800-1881. Bring your statements and I will personally go over them with you in private at the events, 888 800 Now, let's get back to the car doctor. And welcome back to the car doctor program on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. My name is John Paul, the car doctor here to help you with your car problems as our time is waning here. I think we have a couple minutes left. But I understand Paul Sullivan is in the studio preparing the very best in Irish music for the next few hours. Is that true? Is that true? Is Paul Sullivan really there? No, I am, but I'm having an issue with the headphones here. Hold on a sec. All right, try now. I think that's better. (laughs) That's better? You can actually hear? Well, I I can't, uh, because you're not here, I can't hear you unless I have the headphones on. And I was scrambling for the headphones. Yeah. Yeah, now I'm all right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we we have 700 pairs of headphones. It's just you can never find them when you're looking for them. Exactly. No, well, usually when you're here, I don't need them because you're right beside me and I can talk yeah, to yeah. you. But yeah, now that you're down in Canton, uh, you're not here. And uh, I forgot. Yeah, you know, I've been in radio for a couple of days. I forgot that when someone's not here, you can't hear them unless you have your headphones on. Unless you have very, just very good bear with hearing. me, will you? Yeah, yeah. Unless you have real good hearing, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You, you never know. You could you could hear from uh, from uh, Marina Bay to to one thirty eight in, in Canton here. So this is a lovely little branch, by the way. This is a there there's a, it's a delightful group of people here. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a they've only been open since I think November, and it's a, you know it's like it's like all new buildings, and it's just nicely designed. It looks really friendly, and you know I think it just carries on the uh, city of Boston credit union feel all the way through. So well, I'm nice trying to think to, of nice place to hang out. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the branches that I, I've been in West Roxbury. I've been in um, 1010 Morrissey in Dorchester. Mm-hmm. I know they have one in City Hall. I haven't been in that. I don't go in the city as much as I used to. And um, let's see, that's one, two, three. And then the fourth one down there in Canton on uh, 138. Yep. And how how the, close and to the old Canton drive-in are you? Naponsa, whatever they used to call it. You yeah, know, 138. Ways, yeah, no, we're a couple miles away from the um, Irish Cultural Center. Toward um, Blue Hills or the other way? Uh, towards Blue Hills. Okay. So, so it's very convenient the, uh, to 128 then? Yep. yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Drive by the, you know, if you're coming from that direction, you drive by the uh, uh, Irish Cultural Center and drive up a little bit past it, and, and here we are, right on the left-hand side. Same side same side as that. And, and even better, they have chocolate-covered Oreos. With people's names on them, I heard. With the, well, with uh, the City of Boston Credit Union name on it. How do they do that? I bet, I, you know... I haven't figured out how you can actually order M and M's that say Paul Sullivan on them. If you, you can want. though, you, not only you can that, order, my um, my son and his wife when they got married, they had pictures of both of them on single M and M's. I don't know how, how they, do, they that. do that. I have how no idea. I, I don't know. I don't. I but I want. I someday want to see you know M and M's that say Sully on them. Mm-hmm. Maybe Sully on one <laughs> side and a picture of you on the other. <laughs> don't as they say. Don't hold your breath. <laughs> You never know. You know, one of our listeners could uh, could just put those together one day. So. Yeah, you're popping ideas into people's minds now. Exactly. I know. I know. I'm, yeah, I'm, wor- I'm I'm working on a little. Uh, a little uh, my uh, 
my little cottage down the Cape, you know, which is not much bigger than some people's bedrooms. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but I'm uh, I'm I'm actually coming out with a a wearable line that is going to uh, is going to uh, reflect. Uh, my neighborhood, I think. So, uh, so I'm going to have I'm going to have I'm going to have shirts and hats available. It's uh, that have that have the the name of the street and a little picture of Massachusetts on it. So you know, coming out soon. Exactly. So you never know. You never know. You know, maybe I'll have a a Dennisport M M&M and M to go along with it or something. So you like M and M's, huh? Well, they're okay. They're okay. I'm I'm still staring at the uh, chocolate covered Oreos. Well, put so, a couple you know, of them in your pocket when I see you next well, time. Those things last well, forever, right? <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know about Oreos, but Twinkies do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, we were saying the other day, Toby Keats down in Foxborough, and they had a yep. um, a fried Twinkie shortcake or something like that. It was cool. Uh, you know, fried. Twinkies, you can eat one uh, of them a year. I, yeah, yeah. I met I met a I met a cook that was from uh, Tennessee, and he said, "I don't know anything about cooking fish." He was uh, he was up this way. He said, "I don't know anything about cooking fish, but I can fry anything." I said, "How about a exactly. Twinkie?" He said, "Be right back." Nothing like Come a fried bologna sandwich with a Twinkie for dessert. Uh, that sounds like the menu at Toby Keith's. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we got to we got to get going. The very best in Irish music is coming up with Paul Sullivan and the Irish Hit Parade. And uh, who knows? I might even hang around here for a little bit at the uh, City of Boston Credit Union. At least at least long enough to have a Twinkie and maybe come back and say hello to Paul. We'll be right. Uh, you never know. We might be right back. Who knows? All kinds of things going on here. You're listening to the end, the very end of the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL, The Spirit of Boston with Paul Sullivan and the Irish Parade coming up next. See you next week. Bye-bye.